Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hello to everyone in the audience, in addition to everyone on the stage right now. Um, gosh, uh, this room is just so inspirational. Uh, as a group, we've been able to 
inspire so many people with this stage. And uh, I am so grateful and honored to be able to deliver some value. Um, following uh, Larissa is always uh, so funny because it's always like a pattern interrupt. Uh, this show happens every single day um, from early in the morning, from 5 a.m. Eastern time, uh, every single day to 11 a.m. So make sure you come here and bring your notebooks because today we're going into sales. I'm pretty pumped about it too. Uh, last couple of weeks, I've spent a lot of time and money uh, at masterminds and just uh, I feel so clear on some of my upcoming uh, battle plans as we call them at our company. Um, and I'm going to be breaking down some uh, very impactful sales strategies that you can use individually, both personally and in your business as well. So do I have everyone's permission to go into sales today so we can make some more money? Can I get a yes and an unmute? All right. So if you want me to go into that, then I need everyone to go to the bottom, share this room out. Okay. Click that second button with the little arrow thing going up. Okay. And I want you to share this room on clubhouse. All right. And say, if you want to make money, come into this room or something along those lines, go ahead, share that. I'll give you guys a quick 20 seconds to go click at the bottom of the Clubhouse uh, app, go to that uh, thing with the arrow pointing up, the box with the arrow pointing up, click on that, okay? Share on Clubhouse right now, because things are about to go down with the money making. So go ahead, share that on Clubhouse right now, get more people in here. I believe that a financially educated planet will be a planet that is better off than the planet we currently have where most people live paycheck to paycheck. Most people don't know what they're doing with their finances. Most people depend on income rather than assets and true wealth. And here's the thing, earned income is a passing point for wealth, right? There's no one who has ever achieved wealth organically did it without any earned income, right? You gotta go through the stepping stone of earned income in order to deserve the rewards of wealth. Does that make sense? Can I get an unmute and a yes if you're still with me? Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Oh, yeah. By the way, I saw about like, uh, 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 let's see, like, yeah, not enough of you shared the room. It looks like 15 or so. So go share the room, click the box with the arrow up, and let's get rolling. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about. First of all, before we go into any of this stuff uh, that I'm going to talk about regarding sales is we got to solve revenue resistance. So I don't know what it is about this, but I've just followed a different playbook as we've scaled our own business to now almost $20 million in revenue in our fourth year, like with 44 full-time employees, I just followed a different rule book, right? And, and I actually set money-based goals and Nobody does this. Everyone feels that they have to justify. We talked about this last week, wanting what you want. Everyone feels they have to justify their financial goals and it has to be attached to some, you know, bigger thing that really is just a manipulative tactic to convince yourself and others that there's some other thing. And most times it's not authentic. I'm not saying for the Breakfast with Champions crew, 
because you guys are authentic. We are authentic. But there's a lot of people who create these mission statements, but really they just want the money, right? So you can have both, by the way. You can have clear financial goals and a mission, but your financial goals should not be entirely justified just based on the mission, right? You also need the financial goals in order to carry out your mission. Think about what I just said. You also need to hit your financial goals in order to carry out your mission. It's fuel for your mission. Think about that slight change in thinking right there. Most of us feel we have to justify our financial goals, okay, because of our mission. Think about the slight thinking difference, okay? The financial goals you have are fuel for your mission. So you can have two separate goals, a goal on finance and a goal on mission. If you are a good person and you believe in your morals, you don't have anything to justify. You know you're gonna do good things with the money. You know you're gonna give more to charity. You know you're gonna hire more people. I was joking with my, with my wife, I talked to you guys last week about this. You wanna give back to the economy? Go hire more people, create jobs, right? Go actually create enough income, create a culture and actually hire people. Who would have thought about that, right? Okay, so let's go through revenue resistance. Like, first of all, I want everyone in your phone right now, I want you to write down your, whatever your financial target is, whether it's personal income, whether it's business income, which would be revenue, I want you to open up the notes of your phone right now, or even better yet, now that we have the chat function in Clubhouse, go ahead and type it into the chat. Okay, I'll actually do it first, all right? Let's do it right now, okay? My financial goal is 256 million by 2026. All right, let's get, let's get the, the financial juices flowing, all right? Amy said $5 million in earned income. Congratulations, Amy, for being open about your financial goals. So right now, just notice, only I and Amy have posted our, fin our financial goals in the chat. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that, that dun, 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 dun music right now, okay? Tiffany posted first million, okay? Said posted uh, one million in four years. Let's keep it going. I need 5K a month by June. Love that. Financial goal is 300K income by 2023. Okay. Uh, Lakita said, my first million. Okay. Let's keep the financial juices flowing. Let's hold each other accountable. Yes. Even Larissa put it in. A million by 2024. Guys, it's okay. Two million in two years. Okay. First financial goal is 300K by June. Look at all the, oh my God. Can you guys feel the energy? Can someone unmute and say yes if you feel the financial juices flowing? Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Look at all these people being open about their financial goals. Holy camoly. Real dollars. Yeah, this is amazing. This is amazing. Thank you, everyone. And I'll come back to the chat in just a few minutes. But so many of you just posted your financial goals, right? This is absolutely vital. This is so key to get clear on it. Now, once we've written it down, the next step is to say it out loud right? Actually say it out loud. Don't, don't unmute and say it because we're all going to talk over each other. Say it out loud to yourself right now. I earn X by X day. 
So I earn a million dollars by whatever day. Just say it out loud right now. Don't unmute and say it. Say it to yourself. Say it so you feel it. Say your financial goal out loud to yourself right now, right? And then say it again. Say your financial goal out loud to yourself right now. Say it again. Okay, say it again. Say it again. Okay, now start saying it out loud like you actually believe that this has already come true. Okay, say your financial goal out loud again. Say your financial goal out loud again. Actually do this right now. Say your financial goal out loud again. Okay, people in your house are going to think you're crazy. Say your financial goal out loud again. Say it again. Say it again. Eventually, if you go keep going through this exercise and you say what your financial goal is out loud, you're going to run into what I call operational insecurity. Operational insecurity, okay? As soon as we get clear on a target, we adopt operational insecurity. We believe, we adopt a set of emotional and thinking patterns that make us feel that all the stuff that needs to happen, the operations behind this, can't really happen based on current circumstances. That's what I call operational insecurity. Now, we solve operational insecurity. I'm going to give you guys a contrarian viewpoint that I've never said before. Okay, oftentimes we say, go all in on your strengths. How many of you have heard that before? Go all in on your strengths. Unmute and say yes if you've ever heard that before. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Double down on your strengths, triple down on your strengths, right? We've all heard that before. I'm here to tell you that if your mission requires you to go outside of your strengths, you better get some new strengths. Like, you can go and take 1,500 different personality assessments and Okay, I know my Myers-Briggs, I know my Colby, I know my predictive index, I know all these personality assessments, right? But at the end of the day, like, <laughs> you, you can use that as an excuse to justify your current identity and your current sets of habits. Is everyone following this? Yes, sir. Right? So, what, like, what does the mission require? Because I will tell everyone one thing here, just on my own personal development journey, growth is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If you could just wave a magic wand and create tens of millions of dollars of income in, in the economy and just do it like immediately, everyone would do it. It's not easy. So you have to go outside of your strengths. Your strengths can become a circle of comfort a circle of complacency a circle of comfort think about that operational insecurity is the belief that the strengths you currently have you're not capable of expanding them i will tell you this when when before when i had my first full-time employee at my company I was a terrible, terrible leader. It was horrific. It was really horrific. 
I would just like freak out about stuff and I'd have all these last minute requests and it was just not predictable. I wasn't loving. I wasn't supportive. I wasn't coaching my team. I was just like very volatile. So I could have just said, well, that's just who I am. You know, I need to hire people that, that, that just get it. I chose not to do that. So I paid, you know, now I've paid Cameron Harold $100,000 over the last two years to coach me on level five leadership because it wasn't a skill. Right. And my team, well, last night, uh, five members of my team were in my office really late um, going through some strategy stuff and myself, and they were all joking about the old me. And they were all like laughing and saying like, cause something happened yesterday and I didn't react at all. I didn't freak out. I was just like, man, what do we learn from that? And how can we adapt from this? Right. And Dennis, who was my second hire ever at, at the company, he goes, he goes, man, that's different than the old you. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, Oh man, I, he's like, I laugh to myself all the time when I see how you react to stuff now versus how you reacted, you know, when he was employee number three or employee number two. So sometimes your skills, your gifts, your strengths, they don't cut it. So we're coming back to this concept of revenue resistance, which is really just operational insecurity. One of the ways to solve operational insecurity is to not tolerate the areas in your skills, your strengths, et cetera, just don't tolerate the areas that aren't working, right? All right, so once we've solved the revenue resistance, the income resistance, and we put that goal out loud, okay? The next step is reigniting conviction. To the extent that you are sold, you will sell. If you are not pulling in whatever it is you need to pull in, in revenue, in the business you're in, personal, whatever it is, there's just something you're not sold about. There's something you're not fully sold on. Okay, every customer has to be sold on three things. The service, the business, and you. The service that's being sold, the business that sells it, and the person selling it, you. Right? When you have conviction, the conviction muscle is clear and working, you can sell anything. You can command any amount of revenue from anything that you do, whether you're in a business, whether you're a part of a business, or whether you run your own business, or whether you're in a sales job, or whether you wanna increase your personal finances and in, you know, in your personal life, it all comes down to conviction. How do you generate conviction? What's the key word I just used? Generate conviction. Okay, in the book, High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, which I just reread, he talks a lot about the concept of generating clarity, creating clarity. Clarity is an act. It's the first chapter of High Performance Habits. Okay, they went through like thousands of the highest performers in the world and they, and they reverse engineered what's the number one, number two, all one through six skills of the highest performers in the world. Number one is generating clarity, creating clarity. Clarity is a habit. Conviction is a habit. So 
show me how many times you've written down and affirmed your goals out loud to yourself, and I will tell you how much conviction you have. Show me how many times you've written down your goals and recited them out loud as an affirmation, right? Which is a sign of your thinking patterns, by the way. Right? It's, it's auto-suggestion. This is like the most important concept from Think and Grow Rich. I will tell you how much conviction you have. When I entered my sales job, when I was selling for yellowpages.com, I told my sales manager, I will make $400,000 in my first job as a 24-year-old. And he laughed at me in the interview. He said, <laughs> and, then, and then you saw, like, I didn't laugh at all. And then he started, he pulled out, like, a notebook, and he started calculating, well, I guess he could if he made this many sales. And I guess... So as soon as he noticed that I wasn't kidding, he started actually calculating it because he saw I wasn't kidding. And right after that, he gave me the job and ended up becoming the number one salesperson all of yellowpages.com out of thousands of reps with no sales experience. Like we just hired two new salespeople for, uh, for SMBT, my company. And these are absolute killers. And we had these four final interviews. And, uh, you know, Dennis and Brandon on my team, they got it to this final point where they had like, I think they had like 30 second round interviews with qualified salespeople. We spent like, I don't know, 40 grand on job ads in like a very short time window to get this. And see, you need money, right? We were able to spend that much on job ads. Um, but long story short, we had 30 second round interviews for these high level sales role, this high level sales role. And, um, I had four finalists for what we call the CEO sniff test, which is the final of final of final interviews. And that's where I come in for 25 minutes or so. And I try to disprove all of the interview notes from all the prior three interviews. So I have notes from my entire team on all the prior interviews. And I try to disprove why are the assumptions the team came up with false, right? So it's a very negative interview. It's like, yeah, do you really want this job? Do you really think this is a good fit? Do you really like our culture? Do you really think this is going to be a long-term solution for your career, right? And you'll see where I'm getting at this. The reason I made the hiring decision on two of the four, although they are qualified salespeople and very skilled, the, the main decision factor I used to hire the two salespeople we just hired was conviction. Okay. Necessity. The two other people I didn't hire on those four final interviews, they just, they didn't want it. I could just tell they were experienced. They had the whole stat sheet. They had everything to get to that last interview at our company, but they just didn't have that, the fire. I could tell they didn't need it. There wasn't that conviction. There wasn't that burn the ships mentality. I'll do whatever it takes. So <clears throat> the reason that myself and one of my, uh, my business partner, Andy, can, can hop on the phone and close at like very high percentages, even though we refuse to do that because that would be a low value use of our time. That's a whole other story. Um, we can close at like 85, 90% on a 72K offer. Um, and we do this during our events, right? I mean, we've, 
we've generated $2 million in revenue in the last like six events or so that we've held from stage, mostly virtual stages on a 72K offer. How do we do that? How, how can we close at that rate and do it virtually, um, you know, on, on a cold audience, a $72,000 offer? It's all conviction. Conviction exceeds everything around, you know, it, it, conviction precedes sales ability. Can I get an unmute and a yes if you're following me up to this point? Is everyone with me? Is everyone awake? Is everyone following this? I'm a convict, not a fellow. Let's do it. So to the extent that you are sold, you will- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Sell. So if you're not selling, if you're not hitting the income goals that you need or revenue goals you need in your business, you're just not sold. You're not sold on something. Now, this comes back to operational insecurity. When you start in business, if you don't think you can take on another 20 or 30 or 40 clients, if you're trapped in a one-on-one arrangement in your business, of course you're not gonna sell. There's operational insecurity appearing again. Oh, I can't really push because uh, what if I can't deliver? How many of you have had that thought before? I've had it all the time. That's why I'm talking about it. Unmute and say yes if you've had that feeling. I don't know if I can deliver if I sell these many people. Have it today. Yes. Yes. I don't know if I can deliver. Here's, you want to know the secret, guys? You, like, that. this is, I'm not preaching. I'm saying, I'm talking to myself, (laughs) as I always say. The secret, I believe, is... You must not ever stop selling. If the system isn't breaking, you're not selling enough. That's the one freaking thing. Like, how do we scale to multiple eight figures in the four years? I'll tell you, we just didn't freaking stop selling. Oh, this broke, this process broke. We need new leadership here. We need a new person this. We need this. So, like, And then we actually solved those problems and we actually hired into the relentless pursuit of constant selling. Is everyone still following me up to this point? Yes, sir. This I'm talking about. Relentless conviction. Right? Just like, I'm not going to stop. I don't care if I break the system. It's supposed to break. Okay, Ray Dalio, in one of his interviews about how he became a billionaire, he's like the 30th richest man in the world, top 30 in the world. He said, a lot of people talk about success as though it's this positive thing. It's all positive and motivation and, you know, vision and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I actually disagree. I believe success has everything to do with problems. And that's why he wrote the book Principles. It has this loop where it explains that success is this four-pronged loop where there's a, a problem appears, and then step two, that's step one, step two is don't tolerate the problems that appear. Then step three is create systems 
to permanently solve those problems. And then step four is set a bigger and better goal after you've solved that problem. Most people never proceed past step two. I'll say it again. Most people never proceed past step two. What was step two? Well, I'll tell you what step two is. Step two was to not tolerate problems. Step two was to not tolerate problems. Most people are willing to tolerate the problems that they encounter on the road to success or the road to their vision. Pretty simple. Uh, well, I, I can't really sell more. I can't really uh, sell more stuff because I'm busy and I'm willing to tolerate that and just milk out my personal income and eventually die one day and not really have a big, a real business. Most people just are willing to do that. Rational. Whatever. I'll just, exactly. I'll just keep, you know, just keep, keep where I'm at and just milk out whatever my selfish needs are for personal income and just die one day. Unfortunately, that's the case. If you don't tolerate problems, oh, you'll solve them. Like yesterday, we probably solved 15 problems as we're, we're at a break point right now in our business. Like we're just passing that, that, uh, the, in our recurring revenue business, we're just passing like that 15 mil mark. And there's a rebuild phase that has to happen like a pro sports team. There's a rebuild phase where you have to, you need new processes, you need new leadership, you need new systems, right? To, to handle the operational complexity that comes with that. I'm willing to solve those problems. I want a thousand full-time employees. So I'm willing to go through all, all the stuff that needs to happen. So I guess just ask yourself, have you been tolerating the problems that are preventing you from whatever your income or revenue goal is? If so, stop, just stop tolerating it. And what is stop tolerating? It comes down to this one word, one of my favorite words on planet Earth, relentless. How do you solve a problem? You don't freaking stop following up until the problem is solved. Not tolerating problem is, hey, was this solved yet? Hey, was this solved yet? Hey, was this solved yet? Hey, all right, let's book 15 calls with people I think that can solve this problem. We had a call with the guy who runs uh, all of Alex Hormozzi's YouTube channel, who we're about, to, uh, we're about to work with to build our YouTube channel on the general entrepreneurship niche um which is really exciting and here's the thing i wanted to redo our youtube channel we only have like i don't know five thousand subscribers or something and i want to i want to blow it up right so that was a goal that was a goal then we identified a problem the problem that came up was our team is already busy no one can really do the work we don't have anyone who can do the thumbnails and the the titles in a compelling curiosity-based way that actually gets them the rank, blah, 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 blah. All these excuses and reasons why, nah, we can't do it, now it's not the time. So I followed one of my top thinking rules, who, not how. Who, not how. Who can solve this problem for me? If you have the money to solve a problem, you don't have a problem, right? So we just said, okay, who can solve this YouTube problem we have to scale our YouTube? Right. And we found 
the person. We, we immediately reached out to the decision maker of the company. We said, we need to book a call this week. And he didn't reply to me originally. I was like, hey, we need to book a call this week. Didn't reply to me. And then I got him on Voxer and I was like, hey man, we got to book a call now, like this week. And he goes, okay, all right, all right, let's book a call. And then we got, and then we got on a call with him. So I had to follow up three times to, to, to pay someone money. Think about that. So again, you can apply this to any area of your business. Op, like if your operations is breaking, which is going to happen. See, most people aren't willing to solve the problem of their individual time requirements in business. Like, okay, there's this guy that, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of coaching. He's also coaching me. He's my diet coach. He started a gym. Um, uh, it's like a bar gym. And so he's already crossing, I think like the, I don't know, 20 K a month mark. It's really spectacular. He's using like TikTok ads. It's really cool. And, um, he believes he must be on the phone with every single lead that comes in. He believes he must be the one running the fitness classes. Does anyone think that that's scalable? Can I get a yes or a no? Unmute and let me know. Do you think that's scalable? Heck no. Anyone nope. else? Nope. I'm going to go no with way. no, Bill. I'm going to go no with way. It's not scalable. So stop convincing yourself that you're the only person Right. Like I'm at the point right now where <clears throat> I have to delegate my pitch at events. That's scary, man. When you invest a couple hundred grand in an event. Well, Grant did it. You know, he doesn't pitch. Jared does. Grant provides the content at, at all the big events he does. So I'm going to delegate my pitch. That means I got to train someone on it. That means I got to find the right person for it. That means we got to document our procedures for it, right? So again, to the, to the extent that you are willing to solve the problems that are in the way of your goal will determine the speed and security of the success that you want to reach in your life. Not willing to solve the problem you're not gonna reach the success you need as fast as you need it. So all of this comes back down to revenue resistance. Revenue resistance, revenue resistance, right? I have the revenue goal, we say it out loud, we write it down every day, we have the income target, we write it down, we say it out loud, we say it out loud, we say it out loud, we write it down, okay, we write it down, and then operational insecurity hits, and then we have a choice. Are we willing to tolerate the problem? If the answer is yes, stop setting the goal. If the answer is no, I'm not willing to tolerate this problem, great, welcome to success. A perpetual loop of problem solving, as Ray Dalio has talked about. All right, so let's go through uh, some ways to kind of transform your mindset around sales and collecting money from people, okay? So I believe one of the key arts is building what's called a sales culture. A sales culture. A sales culture in your family, a sales culture in your life, in your business, okay? 
What is the sales culture? A sales culture is an individual or team who cares about growing the bottom line of a business or family finances and does not resist income opportunities. An individual team who cares about growing the bottom line of a business or a family, family finances, right? And does not resist income opportunities. Does not resist income opportunities. I'll give you a quick example of this. I spoke in front of uh, 1,200, 1,500 people a few weeks ago, and it was not a lawyer conference. As you guys know, I'm lawyer focused, but inevitably there was a couple lawyers in the room, right? And this one lawyer was at the event and she came up and talked to me after my speech and it was, uh, she was very interested in signing up with my company. And she was so in, she was like, I, I I'm definitely going to sign up with you. I'm definitely going to sign up with you. I'm definitely going to sign up with you. And then we sent her the contract. We sent her the information. And then what, what do you think happened? Do you think she actually immediately signed up? Yes or no? No, no, no. Of course not. Okay. It took like a week and a half of follow-up of me getting members of my team on her, of me following up and texting her on a weekend and doing a group text and sending her a personalized text video. Right? So what I'm talking about, like creating a sales culture in your life, a revenue culture, an income culture in your life is bridging the gap between interest and collected money. The worst thing I hear salespeople and business owners say is, oh, I had a great call with someone. I'm like, dang, that call must have went terrible then. And they're like, what? What do you mean? No, it was a great call. They liked me. They said they wanted me to follow up. They said, dude, I am always like, something horrific happened. If they couldn't, they didn't have one objection. They didn't tell, they didn't say anything negative about anything that you said for the whole call. They just don't trust you then. So that call is probably a C minus. If every person you talk to likes what you have to say, you're just not being hard enough. Like there needs to be, there needs to be, if you're asking people for money and you're serious about getting a decision, is it all going to be positive, happy, slappy? Oh, we love this. No. So don't hang your hat on how many positive conversations you have regarding, you know, if you're in sales, right? Hang your hat on how much revenue you collect, how much income you generate, right? You can't serve people at the highest level unless they go to the highest level with you. You can only do so much. When people pay, they pay attention, right? Man, Glenn, Glenn ought to charge everyone on Breakfast with Champions, you know, a couple thousand, you know, just to be in here because you're going to pay attention more, right? So we got to solve this. We got to solve. Can I get an amen? Can I get an Woo! amen? Amen. I'll pay it. <laughs> that might be a little bit low, Bill. Yeah, let's go. Couple mil. All right. So sales culture. We got to build this up. We got to build. We got to get back to the place where we go that extra mile. When there's a business opportunity, a partnership opportunity, we go that extra mile between interest and deal done interest and deal done enough interest 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 oh great 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 dude 
get a decision. Get a decision. What is sales? Sales is helping people make decisions to solve their problems. That's how I look at it. So if you're not selling, you're just not helping people make decisions to solve their problems. Shame on you. Why would you do someone a disservice like that and make them more confused when it comes to solving their problems? Help them make a decision. Hey, I understand you don't have enough information right now. Let me ask, if you did have enough information, would this even be something that you'd consider? How much time exactly were you looking to think about this? Hey, let me ask, what exact stuff do you want me to send you? Let me send that to you right now while we're on the phone. Let's review it together because I know you said you want me to send you information. Let me send that to you right now. What's your best cell phone right now? What's your cell phone number? Let me text that over right now. Awesome. Did you get the text? Great. Let's go through that information I was going to send you. That way I can actually review that with you so there's not pending, lingering questions. Make sense? Awesome. Let's go into it. Oh, well, I need to... And then another objection is going to pop up. You know, it's really, it's really the price. Great. Now, what was it? The down payment or the monthly payments? Right? Break down to the ridiculous. Are you willing to go through that? They just printed more money in like the last 18 months than I think was printed in the last like 100 years or something. It's like some crazy number. What's that? 40% of all money ever printed printed in the last 18 months, Bill. 40% of all money ever printed printed in the last 18 months. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Go collect it, you know? Like, it's out there. There is no shortage. There's trillions and trillions of dollars right now going out there. Like, think about that. There is absolutely no shortage of money. There's a shortage of creativity. There's a shortage of push. Are you willing to push? There's definitely a shortage of how big your thinking is. Like I just wrote down, uh, you know, it, this is so funny. I wrote down this morning when I write down my goals, I wrote down, I have $20 million saved in the bank. And I immediately thought, gosh, how small thinking am I? 20 million? Gosh, what, what the heck? Where did I learn that from? First of all, Bill, you better not have it in the bank. Second of all, <laughs> better. <laughs> well, when, when you're running, no, no, no. Be when, when you're running next a business, year. When you're running a business with 20 million a month in expenses, you need operating Atta account. baby. Atta baby. <laughs> so, so that that's more of like operating account. That that's more of a thing. That's not that's not liquid investments or non-liquid. But, but I, I I get your point there. But I wrote it down. That nonetheless, that's not the point. The point was 20 million. Jeez, Louise. What? Who? Who infected my mind that that is <laughs> that that's like an accomplishment? Okay, like if someone else did it at a way bigger level, so can I. Right? And think about how much cash Warren Buffett has to be able to pounce on opportunities. Right? Think about, I mean, I don't even know. He probably has, what, $40 billion in cash? He gets criticized for it. He's like, yeah, but... We just got to make one decision, one good decision a year. 
That's all. And we're ready for when that decision comes. Gosh, the thinking is so on point. I got to get around that. I got to get around people who are at that level. How many of you would like to surround yourself with people just thinking way bigger than your current level? Can you unmute and say yes if you would like to do that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Absolutely. That's why I'm here. Why we're here. Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, go do it. Go through the rejection. Go do it. Go get go go reach out to the people. Just the worst that happens is they say, "No, I'm busy." The question is, again, are you willing to tolerate that problem? If you're willing to tolerate that problem, okay, then you're not going to just follow up. Does, does anyone believe that if I wanted to meet with Mark Cuban and I just didn't stop, I could do it? Does anyone believe that? Of course, of course we do. How about for you, right? That'd I mean, be an easy one. That'd be an easy one for you. Yeah. If I wanted to. If you wanted to, if Glenn wanted to, if anyone on this stage wanted to, and you just didn't stop, you could do it. It's so much easier, though, to just stay where we're at and stay with the connections we have. And it's just so much easier. I get it. That's where we come back to the first point I made earlier today. Sometimes your strengths don't cut it. Your strengths, are, some, your strengths are sometimes wrapped up in your in your closest relationships and you don't even know it. Gosh, geez, Louise. All right. So 17 ways to spot a successful sales culture. I'm going to go through this list real quick. Um, and so I just want to like reiterate, okay, all of these 17 things, they don't freaking matter. They don't matter if you have not solved your revenue resistance, your income resistance, if you don't have conviction, if you're not sold, again, to the degree you are selling is the degree you personally are sold on what it is you're collecting money about, right? And then also building that sales culture, the importance of that. So let's go through the 17 ways to know that you are getting closer to that. Number one is you're servicing the heck out of people with high energy. Like life is about service to people who make a lot of money. You're just like, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? I mean, you guys hear this from Glenn, right? All the time. Like that's the energy state. That's, that's a sales culture in yourself and your business and your life and your family. Like it just becomes about service, service, service belief in what you're selling, right? So you service people with high energy. Can I get an unmute and a yes? And you follow step number one. Yeah. Step number one, check. Okay. Conviction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Go service more people. Absolutely. Stop being so selfish. All right. Number two, you're always worried about providing a better service in your family, in your life. You're like worried about it. You're like, man, how can I over deliver even more? So you're servicing people with high energy and you're worried about improving that service with high energy constantly. You're like, how can we one up this and this and this and this? All right. Number three, 
You follow up deep with the right opportunities. You follow up deep with the right opportunities. This is key and often missed. Okay, oftentimes, like once we start learning how to generate leads or opportunities for our business, we pursue them equally. So if we have 15 opportunities, if we have 15 leads, we pursue them equally. That's wrong. You, you want to scrape the 15 opportunities you have and condense it down to five of the best of the best opportunities and then not stop until they turn from opportunities to realities in anything in your life. It's more about focus than it is about just, let me talk to anyone and everyone, regardless of whether they're financially qualified, regardless of whether this opportunity means anything for me. So it's about following up deep on the right fit opportunities. Okay, that's number three. Number four, you get answers and decisions with everything. I know, I know, I know. But that's aggressive, Bill. Yeah, your purpose, your mission in life should require some aggression. You must get decisions from people. It is a lack of service to let someone meander around contemplating what they're going to do with your company. And for yourself, you get decisions and answers from everything. You're on the phone with someone and it's like, oh, maybe follow up, it'd be great. Okay, that is, that is, again, that is horrific if a call ends like that. Not, it's not just like, oh, the call went well, I think they liked me. To me, that's horrific. That's something catastrophic happened if a call ends and they're like, oh, it sounds great, you know? Yeah, just follow up with me, you know? But it's conflict avoidance. Hey, let me ask you this. I understand you want me to follow up with you. It seems to me like the way you just phrased that is that this isn't going to be a deal. Am I correct in assuming that? Okay, go for no. This is Chris Voss. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Great, so what would prevent you from making a decision today on this? What exact information, guarantees, assurances, follow-ups, what exactly would you need? Awesome. Now notice, notice my tone of voice here. Am I being pushy? No, I'm, I'm servicing the person. Right? With confidence I'm, and certainty. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm helping them understand the cost of their lack of clarity. Okay, as soon as they talk it out and we unwind that mental pattern, Right? Then we can actually get into conversation to true communication. Again, number four is we get answers and decisions from everyone. If anything ends in wishy-washiness, okay, I do this in my interviews because we're hiring very high-level people right now with a lot of experience. On that last interview, I have this line that's like a pull-away line. Hey, it seems like um, this interview is going to lead to something positive, but before we go there, let me... Let me ask you this. We don't extend offers to people who aren't going to accept them. So I want to ask you this. If we were to extend an offer, would you accept it? If all the numbers checked out and all the details checked out. And then I wait. And every time, like clockwork, we hire the people who immediately go, yes, this is perfect. 
they're like, well, you know, I got other, I don't know. Because our interview process is so different than others with our vision statement, all the stuff we do. Long story short, I get decisions from people. I want you to get more decisions from people. I want all of us to get more decisions from people because money comes from decisiveness. All right, that's number four. You get answers and decisions from everything. Number five, you never tolerate objections as the truth. You handle every single one. This applies to your life. I always say this, the objections you have in your mind will materialize in reality. So there's objections on every path to success, right? The question is, are you going to tolerate the objections? Let's talk about this in the sales process, right? Are you just looking to get off the phone and avoid conflict if someone says the price is too high? Or, like, are you looking at that as truth? that the price is too high? Or are you committed to handling every single objection that comes your way? Hey, great, I understand that the price is too high. Let me ask, is it the down payment or the monthly payment? Awesome, thanks for clarifying that. Let me ask you this, is it that you don't have the funds available or is it that you don't feel comfortable spending the funds with us or on this product? Well, no, 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 I have the funds, I just don't, I don't, I don't know if this is the right decision. Oh, great. So that's a different, that's a different conversation. Wouldn't you agree? So let's talk about that. What is it that you don't have faith in regarding everything we just talked about? Is it the X, the Y, the Z? So now we've moved them off of a price objection and we actually know it's a lack of certainty objection, right? Are you willing, are you willing to not tolerate objections? So many opportunities for you gaining income in your life are five inches away from the goal line. And if you, if you, if you don't tolerate objections, you'll get past the goal line or you'll at least get a decision, which is step four. So you don't tolerate objections as the truth. You handle everyone. That's number five. All right. Number six, you believe that calling someone three times in one day is normal. Notice, like, what's the word normal mean? Average. Not even I need a pat on the back. Ooh, I called someone three times and one, I emailed them three times in one day. That's, that's normal. That's average. Try calling them six times in one day. If you must get an answer for something, if your purpose matters, if your mission matters, get a freaking answer keep using the word freaking <laughs> get an answer do whatever it takes to get an answer text them call them personalized videos like personal gifts like whatever it's all just energy outflow okay so you believe calling people following up with people three times in one day is normal to get responses you don't just this applies to getting guests on your podcast. This apply, literally applies to everything. How much urgency do you have? Okay, number seven. You call in between scheduled appointments. This is a sales specific one, okay? When, when you know, this is what the whole inbound lead world has, I think, really ruined is we, we book a call and the call is booked for a week out 
You realize how long a week is? Dude, I do not wait. Can't do it, man. Yeah, I don't wait. I, as soon as the call is, but hey, thanks so much for booking the call. I can't believe you booked it for next Friday. Let me ask you, why did you book it for next Friday? Oh, the calendar thing was the, da, 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 but I'd love to meet today. Awesome. Great. Yeah, let's get that canceled. Let's get you on the books for today. Sound good? Awesome. What exact problems do you have? Who, let, me, let me make sure I link you up with the best person on my team for X. Does anyone think that person would be exponentially more likely to buy if they immediately got a call like that after they booked? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we rest on our laurels because we can get leads from Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and social media. And we think we have a booked appointment, but their interest has completely plummeted by the time we talk to them. We call that lying down till the thought passes. <laughs> Very good. So you call in between scheduled appointments. Number eight is you is you funnel everything into sales, meaning every marketing action you take, okay, every administrative action you take, operational action you take, you ask yourself in a sales culture environment that you're trying to build for yourself, you ask yourself, how can I turn this into retained revenue, grown revenue, new revenue? So there's this mentality where your actions align with generating more income or generating more revenue if you run a business. Very simple mindset, by the way. These are not complicated rocket science. They're just reminders. How does this relate to my finances, to my revenue, to my income? Funnel everything into sales, income, revenue. Okay, number nine. This is this key and it's a follow-up on one of the prior ones. You don't depend on inbound leads. So key, right? If we can just keep an outbound mindset as we generate inbound opportunities, gosh, there is such a shortage of that right now. Everyone likes to feel wanted and important. Ooh, I got a requested consultation. Okay, that's soft. Like, be outbound in your mindset and accept inbound opportunities as they come, but don't depend on inbound leads. Number 10, you value training. Okay, our team, they must do one daily training video. They post their takeaways from the training video in our Slack account every single day. They do daily role play every single day, every morning before they talk to our clients, right? And if they miss that three times within a 90 day window, they get a verbal. If they miss that five times within a 90 day window, they get a written up, like written warning. And if they miss seven times, they are terminated from the company and no longer have the opportunity to work with the company. It's that important. Training, it, you would never hop on the Super Bowl field as a Super Bowl winning team and just, uh, okay, let's go. Right? It's like 95-5. It's like 95% of the time is spent training. 5% is playing the game. Okay, number 11, you control the presentation. Everyone knows Bill, this. Real quick, Bill, real quick, real quick. Yeah. So is that your is that your sales people? Like, like say for example, I have a video guy, I have an executive assistant, I have a social media person. I don't have like necessarily training that crosses the board for all of them. 
So mm -hmm. I guess that's my question. When you say yeah, just, you're in the training and role playing, is that specifically like the sales culture or everybody in your company? It, it's sales and client. So we have, we have, I think we have eight client experience team members who, who all they do is talk to clients all day. Um, and then we have, uh, we have, I think four full-time salespeople right now. Um, so, uh, so those seven or eight plus four, so those 12 people ish, they have to do the daily training and role play because they're client facing. We're going to roll this out for other roles and we're going to make it more related to their job. So we're going to make it like technical training related. Um, so it's just related to the success of their job. Um, but training should be mandatory across every role in the company. If you're not sharpening the saw, right, then you are funding the unsharpened saws activities <laughs> is how I think about it. Right, right. Okay, I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? Um, all right, so that's left. super, yeah, super important. Like enforcing training uh, is, is absolutely vital uh, for every role in a company and it you know do you want a high accountability business or do you want a low accountability business i mean it's really a choice some people would not follow this model but you know i i want a team like the navy seals i i just don't want to you know clock in clock out type team and there needs to be standards in place to show that you're dead serious that if these standards aren't met three times five times seven times like you're terminated if it's seven times. There's no discussion. Um, so it's just, you know, again, are you willing to tolerate problems is, is comes back to that original thing. All right, so I'm running out of time here. I want to be respectful of everyone else. I have a few other uh, points that I'm going to save <laughs> to 6.30 a.m. next week for my segment so that uh, I can be respectful of everyone's time. Uh, and... One thing I have up at the top, my friends, is my tools bundle at tools.smbteam.com. Just give away some of my best business growth, personal, personal uh, time management tools. So if you click that link at the top of the room, you'll see uh, my tools bundle, which is completely free. Uh, and you can download them at the top of the room. Also, if you're a lawyer, I got two, two call to actions. If you're a lawyer... Uh, register for our upcoming Law Firm 360 Deep Dive Day. This is lawyer only for this event. Um, we're having people sign NDAs because the info we're giving away at this event is going to be off the wall. Um, that's lawfirm360deepdive.com, or you can message me if you want me to send you a link to that. Last but not least, if you are an ambitious marketer or salesperson, send me a message because we are hiring. We have 44 full-time team members. We are going to have about 100 uh, by this time next year and I need really talented people so if you want to work with a absolutely stellar culture of high accountability and output shoot me a message and I'll connect you with Dennis who runs our recruiting stay great everyone collect the money let's go unmute 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 let me hear a hoorah Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.